Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Is at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. <laughs> with the Savage Premium. So go to go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. Today's podcast is very, very important because we're talking with Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, who used to run the Space Force. Remember that brand new agency created by President Trump? He said, we've got to compete with China because they're getting ahead of us in space. And the liberals said, no, we don't need any more defense spending. We need to spend it on the animals who are breaking into stores because they have unfairness. There's no equity. So Colonel Lohmeyer was a former fighter pilot flying over 1,200 hours as an instructor pilot. And then he flew in the F-15C. And after flying, he cross-trained into space operations and gained expertise in space-based missile warning. In October 2020, under President Trump, he transferred into the United States Space Force. Now, remember who this man is. He has two master's degrees, a master in military operational art and science, and a master of philosophy in military strategy. He's as good as they get. He's the best and the brightest. A wonderful man, a young man. And along comes these degenerates in the Biden administration, and they fire him. And why did they fire him? Because he wrote a book called Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. For that alone, he was fired by the vermin who are now running the military. Those who want to push the rhetoric that there's systemic racism. Instead of talking about being prepared for our enemies, both domestic and foreign, we have now caved into the Marxists with the big lie about systemic racism. This gets me so angry when I hear about white supremacy or white nationalism within our armed forces. If you were to look at the average military cemetery in America and you were to look at the men who died for our nation, you'd find that 99% of them are whites. Should you now disinter all of them and snap the crosses off the war memorials because it offends occasional cortex and the other left-wing degenerates? These diversity and inclusion trainings that have now taken over our federal agencies and the military are destroying our nation. And for this, Colonel Lohmeyer was dismissed without a pension. You need to listen to this interview and learn for yourself how bad it really is. And then I'm going to ask you something. I want you to make a donation to Colonel Lohmeyer's defense fund. He's a young man with two children, and I'm counting on you. Not one penny goes to anyone but him. It goes directly to him. I'm not, I'm not like some of the others who want to run a defense fund and take a certain percentage. Every penny that you give to him by going to his website goes directly to him. Go to MatthewLohmeyer.com, and there's a donate button.
M-A-T-T-H-E-W-L-O-H-M-E-I-E-R, MatthewLohmeyer.com, and on the right side, you will see a donate button. As you listen to the interview, you'll learn exactly how bad it is on the Commandante Joseph Biden and the Communist Brigades. This is the Savage Nation podcast. Pay close attention. Colonel Lohmeyer, welcome to the Michael Savage podcast. I, I saw you on um, Newsmax TV last week. Of course, I'd seen you before. You ran one of the most important agencies in the country, the Space Force Agency, which was a creation of Donald Trump. He was a visionary. So let's begin at the beginning. There was no Space Force prior to President Trump. China was making moves in space. Why did we need a Space Force separate from the Air Force, in your opinion? Great question. I'm glad we started off on the right foot by talking about uh, our visionary President Donald Trump. Mm. Um, You know, this was not necessarily a, although he'd like maybe you to think it was his idea, this wasn't a Trump-Pence administration idea. Uh, there had, in fact, been for a number of years some bipartisan support for the idea of a space force, although they didn't call it a space force. They might have called it a space corps. Uh, there were there were congressmen in Tennessee, Tennessee and Alabama, in fact, that were advocating for this, but we were too caught up with other priorities, depending on the administration. And so to your point... Donald Trump, um, he championed the idea. As soon as he heard the idea, he grabbed hold of it. He started to advocate for it. And in fact, he, uh, as people might remember, surprised the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, General Joe Dunford at the time when he made the public announcement to stand up a new branch of the military, the Space Force, and gave the directive uh, publicly for that to occur. Uh, And as you're aware, a president doesn't have the authority to write into law a new branch of the military. And so, in fact, people got working and in very short order made that new branch of the military, the Space Force, which was written into law in December of 2019 Mm. uh, by Congress. And the bottom line is our adversaries are taking space very seriously. Um, Even though there was an initial space race between the United States and the Soviet Union during the Cold War, Uh, China, in particular, has made great advances in space in the past uh, decade, at least. Mm. And uh, our our president, Trump, uh, decided that it was about time that we got serious uh, putting our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and actually create a branch of the military dedicated to the preservation of space as a relatively peaceful uh, domain. And uh, in order to be relatively peaceful, you have to uh, assert strength there. And so we needed to up our efforts in the defense domain in that, in, in that space domain. Space, a piece through strength. Right. How were you chosen? Who was it within the Trump administration who found you? Well, so I happen to be party to a lot of the discussions uh, for the stand-up of the uh, Space Force. When I was the aide-de-camp, for General Jay Raymond, who's now the Chief of Space Operations. He sits on the Joint Chiefs. General Raymond was ultimately the driver uh, from a military vantage in the stand-up of the new service. I just happened to be a commander within that service uh, in charge of our space-based missile warning enterprise uh, within the new service. But there were those officers within the uh, Air Force space community that were a natural shoe in 
to Space Force command positions once the new service was created. And so I happened to be one of those individuals who had been uh, already greatly involved in our space enterprise from a national security perspective within the Air Force. And frankly, a lot of the functions, uh, capabilities, uh, jobs that we had in the Air Force dedicated to uh, national security space kind of just transferred over into the new service, the new Space Force. Once it was created, they, they changed names, changed organization names, etc. Okay, so you are a United States Air Force Academy graduate from 06. Yes. You, you've flown way up into the F-15C, and then you cross-trained into space operations, and you gained expertise, according to this brochure, in space-based missile warning. You then transferred in October 2020 to the United States Space Force. Why were you fired? And who fired you? Yeah, I had flown F-15Cs. I had also been an instructor pilot in the T-38, had 1,200 hours in the flying community before I came into space. Now, uh, I was, in my own personal estimation, and I think my record would attest to the fact, uh, succeeding in the space community um, as a leader. Um, I was fired in May of this year, 2021, because I wrote a book titled Irresistible Revolution. In fact, the subtitle is perhaps uh, more important than the main title, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. And that's not an overstatement. It's not hyperbole. No, of course um, not. So I was fired, in fact, because I uh, used my voice to speak the truth against a radical leftist progressive impulse mm. that is now sweeping across our military oh and it's God. politicizing. There's a politicization of our armed forces underway at the moment that is simply uh, unacceptable, uh, both, in fact, to Republicans and Democrats who serve in our military because they didn't join our armed forces in a vo all voluntary force and sign up to put skin in the game and to wear the uniform of their country to have politics jammed down their throat. And I've had people of all races and both political main political parties reaching out to me, thanking me for having spoken up against uh, critical race theory. But who, who, who and, came to you and yeah. said you're out for writing that book? Uh, Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting is a three star in charge of all space operations is the one that uh, relieved me of my command. He's essentially, uh, you could you could say for, for all intents and purposes, he's a number two to the chief of space operations. Uh, he's, he's the guy that is actually the pointy end of the spear when it comes to space operations for the Space Force. But he fired me uh, because he said, and this was his allegation, it was deemed that I was politically partisan while acting in an official capacity, which I totally deny to this day. Well, what he did was politically uh, partisan. Well, yeah, there was political, <laughs> That's what partisanship, the political was the partisanship was in firing you. <laughs> well, I agree. Uh, in fact, um, but he was taking orders from someone else, wasn't he? Well, that's possible. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think he would say that. I think he'd say he was acting with full autonomy. I don't think, however, given uh, the fact that I know everyone up and down the chain of command in the Space Force, that he would have acted independent of his superiors. Uh, I think he would have counseled very carefully with them before relieving me of my command. We'll be right back after this quick break. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Hi, 
I'm speaking with Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, former head of the National Space Agency fired by Obama, uh, fired by Biden. Same thing. Are you still in the military? I separated on the 1st of September. You left completely. I did. I, I had been put in a um, <laughs> I had been put in a small separate office away from my unit that I had been in command of uh, for three months awaiting an adjudication of what I was told was an investigation being conducted about my political partisanship. Right out of the Soviet Union. It it is very similar. You know, having studied that kind of history, uh, we are not unlike uh, other communist regimes and how they deal with dissidents. I mean, this is this is the Marxist impulse that we saw shape communist countries of the 20th century playing out in our, our very country and our own. Oh, so military. what's going on at the school board meetings of shutting people yeah. up, not letting them in and then arresting them if they speak out is going on throughout all the a- avenues of government, including first they deballed the police, Black Lives Matter and the other Marxists destroyed right. the police in America, intimidated them, drove half the people out of the, the departments. So now it's it's now spreading through the military. A man like you with your qualifications is now not in the military. Because they isolated you in Siberia, in essence. What are you doing? You're a man who gave his life to the military, obviously. I had. So what are you doing? Well, one of the things I came to appreciate during my 15 plus years of military service about my military service was that, you know, no one stays in the military long term because they love the pay. (laughs) Uh, They stay in because... (laughs) They, they begin to take pride in the idea that they're defending something noble, our constitution, our, our individual citizens, a way of life and their rights. And so since I've been out of the military, you know what I did is I reached out to a whole bunch of people that had emailed me during the three months I was under investigation. I was getting invitations from across the country hmm. to go speak at various conventions and various you know, uh, uh, organized events and such. And so I've taken people up on those invitations. I've been traveling the country uh, Mm. at least once a week since I've separated. Mm. And I'm speaking, letting people know what's going on in their military, because I still take pride in the idea of defending our Constitution. Uh, If I'm not going to be allowed to do that while I'm in uniform, well, then I can speak even more freely today than I ever was able to speak while I wore the uniform of our country, because I don't have to. I don't have to remain apolitical at the moment. And frankly, there's a, an exceptionally partisan uh, attack that we're under that that is Marxist in its uh, impulse that is attacking the liberties of Americans in this country. And, you know, there are good people all over the country who are interested in identifying those issues and becoming uh, activists in ways that they never have been before. And, and so I'm helping uh, explain to them what's taking place in our military and inviting people to get involved with their uh, local and federal level uh, elected officials to change the politicization of our armed forces. And we're seeing good progress. But uh, I see you know, a CNN headline from uh, May 17th, Colonel Space Force Commander fired after comments made on conservative podcast and uh, what you uh, you said uh, in discussing your new book, Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmasking of the American Military. Uh, you expounded on 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 your views. Is it illegal for serving members of the military to publish books? No, it is not. 
In fact, I counseled with uh, my base legal office ahead of time, uh, asking for legal guidance. And I counseled with uh, a, a public affairs officer who had been in charge of public affairs in the Pentagon for the Defense Department, making sure that I crossed my T's, dotted my I's before publication. Um, and here's the other thing, uh, Dr. Savage. You know, I, I had a team of attorneys review the text of my book before mm. I sent of it course. to press because I wasn't interested in outing specific individuals who were the activists in question, but I did want to tell a story that mm. would resonate with the American people who were concerned about their liberty being under attack and help them understand just how dangerous this impulse is that's sweeping across our armed forces. You have to tell the story, but I was never vindictive enough to try and destroy people's careers, although they could have been destroyed with the information I have, and I never used their names. And so I didn't attack the current administration, frankly, who's worthy of our criticism. Yeah. And I never criticized uh, my chain of command because I was, right. I was, I was willing to be bold, but I didn't want to go to court martial for doing something illegal. So I tried to stay within the parameters that and that's, uh, I was subject it didn't, to. It still didn't work, though. No, it didn't and work. This was no. all based on your statement that CNN says when pressed on what exactly he meant, Lohmeyer decried the New York Times 1619 project, a historical look at how slavery formed America's institutions, uh, et cetera. And you said. Lohmeyer said it teaches intensive teaching that I heard at my base that at the time the country ratified the United States Constitution, it codified white supremacy as the law of the land. Yeah. Lohmeyer said, if you want to disagree with that, then you start being labeled all manner of things, including racist. So then they fired you for that. So it sounds to me like Black Lives Matter has taken control of the military because they're the ones pushing this this trash, this lie, the 1619 project, which is completely false, a complete lie. It is a lie. It's false. In fact, in my book, I document how uh, the the New York Times 1619 project, which was um, honchoed by Nicole Hannah Jones, mm. uh, has been decried as as bad history. It's ideology, frankly, by people on both sides of the political aisle. I mean, historians of both political persuasions have said that that is not history. It's ideology. Of and course I have, it's not I history. It's commander. a revisionist Stalinist history of America to make oh, us yeah, look bad. Yeah. So you're a patriot, Colonel Lohmeyer. You tell the truth about what's going on inside the military, which is making us weak. Let's never forget what the purpose of the military is. And you know it better than I do. And uh, now we're finding out that the number one purpose of the military has been replaced by something entirely different. We'll be back with more right after this. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. We're back with Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer. Who is defending you right now? Did did people like Matt Gates of Florida, mm. who said he would be seeking action on this in the Armed Services Committee, did they did they ever follow through? Yes, in fact, you know, <laughs> politics know, you be careful in, in DC is a here. Let me put it this way: there were there were um, there were a couple of dozen congressmen and women uh, and several senators who even wrote letters of support on my behalf, uh, requesting either that I be reinstated. And they, they wrote letters to the, the Secretary of Defense. They'd written letters to the then acting Secretary of the Air Force and to the commanders of the Space Force uh, saying, hey, this guy uh, deserves uh, some serious attention, uh, good attention, you know, from you, you need to look into these allegations he's bringing forth about the politicization of our military. He doesn't need to be fired. 
Uh, he certainly shouldn't be under investigation for political partisanship, but they asked that I be reinstated. Of course, that was denied. Senator Tom Cotton in Arkansas uh, and, and some others, they in fact even requested that uh, the Secretary of the Air Force honor my request for an early retirement because I was sitting there awaiting uh, a pending outcome that didn't seem to ever uh, be on the horizon. I requested an early retirement be approved. I'd served over 15 years and uh, my attorney uh, and I uh, understood that the, the secretary of the air force had it in his authority to approve that early retirement. Did uh, they approve it? Uh, they denied it. Oh my God. So, wait and a minute. so despite the congressional scrutiny and uh, requests, they denied that. And so I separated voluntarily on the 1st of September without so, a pension, without a pension. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, a nightmare. Gone, I don't yes, know what I would do. I, I have no idea what I would do if I were you. But all I can do as a podcast uh, host yeah. <laughs> is interview you and, and say, I mean, something is so wrong here. China's moving ahead in space. Everyone knows that they're moving ahead on the on on, on the surface of the oceans. They're moving ahead everywhere you turn militarily. And we're sitting here sucking our thumbs arguing over whether this crap put out by this academic, the 1619 project, a, a diehard racist wrote that crap. Right. Black Lives Matter, which is a, in my opinion, not putting words in your mouth, a domestic terrorist organization is taking over this nation everywhere I turn. I said mm -hmm. so the other day at great risk to being thrown off all social media, certainly not your risk. How the hell do we stop this? Did they fire a man like you without any hearing, nothing? You know, what's amazing is that even with congressional scrutiny, I, I saw the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, leaders from the Space Force all show up before the Senate Armed Services Committee and the House Armed Services Committee and get questioned about my firing. And they got questioned about the promulgation of Marxist-rooted critical race theory within the services and at the services academies. and. They either denied it or denied knowing that it was that it existed at their service academies and and at their military bases. Uh, they had their uh, their legal counsel, I'm sure, and how they should respond to various questions. And then it's like you give it a few weeks, you give it a month, and after all the questioning that took place in the Congress, everyone's moving on to other topics, and they they go on about oh, their lives. This is what not Marxism, held accountable. They attack you on so many fronts at once that you don't know which way to turn. They know what they're doing. They're very clever. So the Joint Chiefs fire you, the, the Defense Department chief, who looks like a, a real dummy to me and people I know in the military say they don't know where he came from. Is there really a white supremacy or white nationalist problem within our within our armed forces? Now, you know, it's a rhetorical question. Yeah, because I've said on my shows for years that if you look at all the crosses in all of the graves in all of the military cemeteries, you could say they all died because they're all white nationalists fighting for America. <laughs> you want to break the crosses off all the war memorials now going back to World War One. They were fighting for white supremacy, not for America. Is that right. what we're supposed to believe because of the small number of psychotics who have taken over every aspect of this country? How do we you know, we could go into all these questions. You have a great military background. You were selected because obviously you were the best and the brightest. You ran the Space Force when we needed it. You get fired. They don't give you a hearing. They don't give you a pension. People in Congress stand up for you and it it goes nowhere. And now we see diversity and inclusion trainings. 
not only in the Air Force, but everywhere in the military. How bad is it in the Air Force? You know, I've only discovered, you know, I, I knew it was getting bad at the time that I was writing the book based on my own experience and stories I was hearing from others. But it's actually, despite the pushback, despite the good people who are trying to speak up and draw attention to these issues, it's like they're doubling down uh, and it's getting worse. Uh, I'm Who's aware. Pushing it? Who's pushing it? Well, it's being pushed from above and from below. That's the difficulty. You've got um, you've got people. Uh, we heard the secretary. I'm sorry. The uh, yeah, maybe it was the secretary. No, it was Admiral Gilday, who's the chief of naval operations. For example, the the ranking admiral of the navy, advocating for his sailors to read Ibram Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, and defending that before the Senate and House Armed Services Committees. He doesn't know what he's talking about, I don't think. And, and now that he has come to maybe know just the danger of that ideological racist uh, work, it's surprising to me that they still stand by the recommendations. It's either that they don't have a spine or they're complicit with a deliberate takeover or takedown of the old society. And the establishment what, what was of his background? One. Did he ever fly an airplane onto an aircraft carrier? You know, I don't know Gilday's background. Uh, now, your question was about the Air Force. So let me change gears. Okay. I know that the superintendent of the Air Force Academy, three-star general, General Clark, has said on a number of occasions to various retirees who are who are aligned with my view that we've got a terrible politicization of our service academies everywhere. He has said he's interested in finding balance, so-called, at his service academy, the Air Force Academy. But guess what? His cadets, the brand new freshmen that are showing up to the Air Force Academy, stepping foot off of the bus on day one to, to show up at this prestigious military service academy to learn how it is to be officers and lead other people in our armed forces. Before they ever show up, they're watching Black Lives Matter indoctrination. I'm not exaggerating when I say that they're watching BLM indoctrination videos that are required diversity and inclusion trainings that they have to to accomplish before they show up and, and step They're foot being off the bus on day one. When they set foot on the on the Air Force Academy, you, well, you, you know heard, this. I mean, George Take, or if that's how you say his last name, George Take wrote a book. Uh, it's a kind of a cartoon book about uh, the internment of Japanese uh, Americans during World War II. It's a propaganda piece. And he compares uh, the Trump administration's child and cages policies to uh, the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. He that he writes that book, and that book's given as required reading to all of our incoming freshmen. Well, we, the Air we Force know this Academy. is total rubbish. I had it's the just same absolutely problem. political. Look, I was appointed by President Trump to a small thing, the Presidio Trust here in San Francisco. One of the first things I was given was a tour of the Heritage Museum. It's a military base, an old military base. The largest exhibits in there are about the Japanese internment. So I said, well, that was a terrible time in American history. Right. How long has this exhibit been here? Four years. How long was it supposed to be here? Two years. I said, well, as a new board member, I'm going to try to raise money to show the positive aspects of the U.S. military as it pertains to the Presidio. I'd like to see exhibits about what the military has done that's great for the world, not this. Well, I was recently relieved of my command, <laughs> which right. is not like your command. I was fired. I was told, leave by five o'clock today. We'll fire you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, and then you're they got rid of all the other no. Republicans that Trump That's had right. appointed. Many of them apolitical, by the way. 
and they replaced them all with far left Nancy Pelosi acolytes who are turning the Presidio into Woodstock West. <laughs> now, I've called the the this is relating to what you're saying about the 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 extent of this insanity. Have you been to the Presidio uh, grave, the the uh, cemetery there? You ever no, seen uh-uh. I've it's never phenomenal. seen it. It goes back to probably the Civil War. And you read the gravestones of the military people in the World War One and who they were. And I said, you know, this is a great, great, great place for people to visit. It's it's sort of the Arlington of the West. I said, you should rename it the Arlington of the West. That didn't go over well with the Nancy Pelosi people there. If it's up to them, they'd like to plow over the the graves and, as I say, turn it into a rave. Hmm. So what you're facing or what you faced is far worse than me just getting fired from a board. I didn't put my life into that. I didn't make that the goal of my life. I was just appointed by President Trump out of the Mm. blue. I didn't even know it was coming. He called me up one day and he said, he said, Michael, I hear you know a lot about the environment. You want to be on the Presidio Trust? I said, sure. (laughs) I says he turns around to the audience. I think I've said this. And he says to them, does he need congressional approval for this? And he hears, no, no, no. All right, you're on. You know how Trump is. That's how you want. So that was (laughs) sounds right. Well, so then I get fired and here I am. I said, all right, that's their decision. I don't really care. It's not that big a deal to me. But you, on the other hand, go into the U.S. Air Force Academy with your brains and your guts. You could have and you still could do almost anything. And um, you had the Space Force. You're a young man. How old are you? Just turned 40. See, that's the thing. When I saw the interview with you, I said, not only is this guy amazing, he's young. He's exactly who should be running the Space Force is somebody who has longevity in there, not some old fart sitting on there who's probably never even flown a plane. Uh, maybe he never flew. flew never, you know, <laughs> there was once an Air Force. I remember on, under I think it was under Obama. He appointed the head of the U.S. Air Force Academy, a woman who never flew a plane. Yeah, she was. She yeah. was to her credit. Uh, what did she do? She was never a pilot. Oh, air traffic controller. Sorry. She had been an air traffic controller. Mm. So it began there with Obama. Then you had people running the Navy who probably couldn't run my 40 foot Grand Banks without crashing it into a pier. (laughs) It's like, I know it sounds comedic and I'm trying to lighten things up, but your life was basically derailed. I'll I'll tell you, there's there's an important um, point I want to make for your listener. You know, I didn't just write a book and it got me in trouble. I had spent months before writing the book discussing my concerns about the undermining of good order and discipline and the morale of our armed forces because of the politicization, the political activism at my own base with my entire chain of command uh, to the senior leaders of the military, letting them know. Sure, you were a troublemaker. A I get and, you it. Know, you spoke out. You're yeah. a real American. We can't well, have that is, in America. They, they thanked me. For uh, bringing this up, they said, hey, that's really important that we don't have this problem. Thanks for bringing it up. But guess what? They couldn't do anything to affect the change, even from where they sit. Or either that or they weren't interested in affecting the change. But well, they're afraid of being fired themselves. That's, how I, that's exactly work. right. That, there's a climate of fear that we've created in this country. It happens every time you've got the totalitarian impulse afoot. There's a climate of fear. People turn into tattletales and then they're afraid themselves uh, to stand against the totalitarian impulse because then they identify themselves as an enemy of the uh, new movement and of the uh, and of and of the new cause a new society we'll be back with more right after this 
The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Continuing our interview with Colonel Lohmeyer now. Again, I want to make it more personal for the listeners because this is agitating me deeply. Can you bring legal action to receive your pension? I think so. I've discussed the possibility. Um, I don't have a litigious spirit. And uh, so many have said, hey, that doesn't matter. I want you to get one. If you flew (laughs) F-15s, you you can get litigious if you need to. Well, that's right. You know, and I've wondered if... uh, with a change in the political environs in the country, I might be able to simply submit the request anew and have it approved and, and get back pay for uh, the time I've missed uh, either until at least the 20 year point or get a, get back pay for the pension I'm now missing out on. Uh, but I, I've had encouragement from others to litigate uh, and uh, that's not off the table, but again, it's not in my nature. And so, no, but you see, I've got to speak as an outsider. It's the yeah, only yeah. thing that Marxists understand. Right. Is a lawsuit. That's the only thing that will stop them. I've got to say it, Colonel. I'm not here to give you advice at all. I'm here to let you talk. But I'm so Mm -hmm. agitated right now with this, because if it's hit you like this, Mm -hmm. I can only imagine what else is going on in the military. How are the men ever going to fight a war against Chinese who are willing to die for their country? They're training the hardest, most ideological fighters the world has seen in a very long time. And we're training people to think three times before the enemy stabs them in the guts with a bayonet. Mm. It, it can't work. Right. It can't work. Everyone knows that in a fight, whoever strikes first is usually going to win. Everyone also knows whoever strikes hardest mm-hmm. at first is going to win. Right. So if the guy has to get out a manual when he sees a man coming at him with mm-hmm. a, a gun and say, let's see, what can I do now? We're all, we're finished. Well, you've touched, firing on, a shot. You know, yeah, you've, you've touched on something really important. And it's, it's just that, all of this focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's a terrible distraction for our young men and women in uniform. I mean, uh, they, if they, they spend... go get this book, which I'm sure yeah, you've read. Yeah. Does this I, can't, stri- I can't see. Oh, of course, many times. The Art of War by Sun Tzu. I sometimes look at it yeah. and I find what's going on right in this book. You know, yeah, that's I, right. I don't they can win a war from... without shedding blood. Thank you. Right. That's right. Sun Tzu said the good fighters of old first put themselves beyond the possibility of defeat and then waited for an opportunity of defeating the enemy. Hmm. Sounds pretty much like what you're talking about right now. It's like we're being defeated from within without them firing a shot. Where eventually we will capitulate. Should they make moves against us, we might just capitulate as a as a nation. Worse than than Chamberlain did signing with Hitler. Hmm. I could see that happening under under Biden, but I don't want to drag you into this. Wow. I don't want to read anymore. I, it's getting me very agitated. What can well, the listeners do to help you pursue justice, yeah. not only for yourself, but for the military? Is there anything they can do? Well, here, here's here's what I'm trying to accomplish right now myself personally. So. You've made it a a bit personal here. So let me just get personal and say, you know, I I am trying my best to get out across the country and to uh, inform the listener, those who are willing to fight back of exactly what's taking place in their military so that they can become active, armed with the knowledge that they need 
to fight the battle properly because if you don't actually understand what's going on and, I, and i've only been able to scratch the surface in this interview for example but when i have 45 minutes to lay a matter out i can inform a listener of exactly what it is that's going on and it motivates people to get active and take action and so uh, if you're listening and you'd like to uh, have me out to speak at an event that you're organizing anywhere in the country i'm happy to discuss that with you and you go to my website matthewlomeyer.com uh, and send me an email there. I get emails all the time, uh, folks across the country asking me to join their events. And I've had a very positive reception from uh, conservatives around the country. After I speak at these events, they say something like, my gosh, I didn't know it was so bad, or I had no clue that this was taking place in our armed forces. This has got to stop. Once you get that in your mind, that this has got to stop, then people start brainstorming. They, they coalesce and they join efforts to... Uh, to get, you know, we need to keep the Congress involved in trying to hold our military leaders accountable because that's one of the only things, frankly, that I've seen actually start to draw national attention to our senior military leaders uh, in the past several months. These hearings are available for, for the American people to watch and they get to see just how foolish some of the answers are that our Secretary of Defense or our Chairman of our Joint Chiefs are giving in answer to questions about critical race theory or about why the emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, after our Secretary of Defense was confirmed in January, shortly after the Biden administration uh, took over, he laid out his priorities as the Secretary of Defense. And the things that he said were his priorities were systemic racism in our armed forces and climate change. This is the Secretary of Defense. I mean, this ought to make your, your listener roll their eyes and think we, you've we got know, to be we kidding know how me. Stupid they, they're just stupid people. Those are political talking points. They're just I mean, idiotic. That's now, right. I want to go back to your website. It's Lohmeyer.com. Yeah, yeah, it's MatthewLohmeyer.com. L-O-H-M-E-I-E. Let me read it to them. Matthew yeah. with two Ts. Matthew, L-O-H-M-E-I-E-R.com. -E yeah. Okay. Can people make a contribution to your legal defense fund? But it's I've not done this in the, the past for military yep. i've done this in the past for police and you can't believe how generous my listeners can be yeah and the only thing these people will understand is a lawsuit look at this article from june 12th from a magazine a colorado news on newsline never heard of it listen to this twisted ousted space force commander defended by rep lamborn advanced white genocide theory and book yeah Matthew Lohmeyer wrote that, quote, demonization of whites will lead to the wrath of genocide. A thousand percent true. Right. That's how it begins. I try to remind people that Hitler did not begin with the ovens. He ended with right. the ovens. <laughs> That's it right. began with the demonization of the Jews. The Jews are this. The Jews are that. The Jews are no good. The Jews did this to Germany. The Jews did that to Germany. Little by little, step by step, it led to the gas chambers. They didn't come first. They came last. And it has to be stopped. And again, you've lost a lot more than I certainly have. All I had was a, a little appointment, but I saw the tentacles of this insanity, even with a little thing like the Presidio Trust. They didn't want me even doing environmental work. That right. was good. It of had to be not. politically oriented. And by the way, there's always money involved. Mm -hmm. That's a separate story for another time. But do you think the Space Force today getting back to the military itself and its readiness under the person who is running it is actively conducting the research and preparations necessary for a space battle. I'm willing to say that our military, our uniform wearing space force leaders by and large are, are focused on 
the important threats. Now, funding matters a great deal. And when an administration shifts its priorities, uh, you know, say every four years or eight years, uh, that makes it very difficult to secure the kinds of national security-related assets that are required for us to remain serious competitors in the space domain. Let me just paint a, a perfect example for you. Trump had certain priorities in space that Biden simply doesn't have. So the priorities have shifted from administration to administration. Guess whose priorities in space have not changed during that time period? Xi Jinping. The guys, the, the Chinese have a long-term plan that they've pursued with great success, and they're actually dramatically successful at meeting their timelines in space compared to the United States. When there's a shift in the administration policies in the United States, Xi Jinping presses right ahead and continues to pursue the dominance of space. If your listener wants to understand better the strategic aims of China and space, for example, take a look at what they've been doing in the South China Sea for the past two decades. Mm. The strategic maneuvering and positioning the Paracel Islands uh, and, and other island building in the South China Sea, the militarization of those islands, that'll give you a perfect example of what it is they're trying to accomplish in space. I know that's hard for the listener to appreciate or understand. I think, well, space is just a big uh, giant vacuum out there. Well, there are strategic positions in space, even between the Earth and the moon uh, and on the moon uh, and beyond. And China is very serious about, I mean, I bet your listener didn't know that the Chinese are, are conducting operations on the far side of the moon near the South Pole. They don't know this stuff. I don't mean there's people there. I mean, what are they doing? There's rovers. There's there's operations underway on the far side of the moon. We can't see them because they're on the far side of the moon. They've got they've got a, a satellite parked in what's called Earth Moon Lagrange Point Two, parked <laughs> on the far side of the moon. And people who know something about space will know exactly that I know what I'm talking about. But they've got capabilities and assets parked in strategic locations on the moon. There for years. They've got they've got. Ap- operational mich- equipment on the moon they've been pl- they, they've landed successfully rovers and equipment and things on the moon and they're pressure they're pushing ahead regardless of what biden wants to do with climate change so if we want to spend oh our budget our, our money uh for example over the next five to ten years on developing better better weather detecting satellites so that we can quote unquote combat climate change then we're going to divert necessary funds away from our national security assets to a different type of focus. And that's just the fact of the matter. You get different administrations, you get different policy focus. So uh, what we do in our civil sector with NASA uh, is determined by policy. What we do with our military budget is determined by uh, the, the, uh, the priorities that are established by the current administration and our Secretary of Defense. So uh, not to mention the distraction that our young men and women in uniform have in the Space Force uh, when they're told to take a knee from uh, actual real-world mission and training to discuss the systemic racism problems that, that they're causing or facing. Uh, you know, they don't like that kind of thing. And uh, I know that it's disincentivizing people from joining the military, and it's actually disincentivizing people from being retained in the military. They think, well, this isn't what I signed up for. Uh, if this keeps up, I'm going to go find a different job. And uh, I've, I've heard it many, many times. And so, yeah, are we going to be serious competitors in the space domain? We have the opportunity to be. We've been poised to be for a long time, but I think our priorities are everything. And the Biden administration doesn't have the right priorities. They've got the wrong people working on these these problems. Wow. Well, first of all, I, I want to say thank you so far. This can't be the last interview, just the first, because I would love to see you create a site a place where people mm-hmm. can contribute to the, to the Lohmeyer 
Colonel Lohmeyer uh, defense fund, first of all, because you're going to need a war chest. And believe me, we can start right here. I think they just need to know more about you. I mean, we've seen you on Fox News and, and um, Newsmax TV. You've done a lot of media. You're doing speaking. You have a family with two children, I see. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've got two how, little ones. How are they handling this? Fortunately, my wife and I are rather resilient. And so my kids, it's pretty transparent to them that we've been through the ringer for the past year. Um, you know, they just know that, uh, you know, my little boy's on a, he, he's on a Hulk and Hercules um, binge uh, right now. And so he, anytime he can sit down and watch uh, Hercules, he's happy. And so he don't know what's going on in the bigger world around him. He's, he's uh, three. Oh and I've God. got a five-year-old little girl that we're uh, homeschooling, but uh, they're doing well. We're doing well as a family, but, but I am open about the idea of a legal defense fund. Well, I think you need it because this has to be adjudicated in a court of law. Space Force commander is fired for warning of the spread of critical race theory rooted in Marxism throughout military. 100% true. Lieutenant General Whiting looks like, to me, a guy who did what, what he was told by his boss, who did what he was told by his boss. It right. came from the top. It came from whoever is running the Biden administration, which is running America into the ground, as we all know. And it's not just inflation. Mm-hmm. It's the dissemination of the big lie that America is no good when we know the opposite is true. Matthew Lohmeyer, Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, and it's MatthewLohmeyer.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-L-O-H-M-E-I-E-R.com. If you want to reach Colonel Lohmeyer with an invitation to speak, fine. But do you have good lawyers? I have a great lawyer. I do. Yeah, but where's the money coming from? Don't tell me you're paying him. Yeah, I'll chat with you about it offline. I haven't, um, but I've had generous, uh, I've had generous legal support from just a terrific uh, attorney throughout this okay. entire process, um, and he's been a bulldog. He's phenomenal. Thank God. And uh, he, he does not, uh, you know, he and I have discussed this possibility before as well. But you know, he's not going to force my hand in anything. And, uh, so well, you're a typical uh, nice guy in the sense that's, that that's the problem, right? You're a warrior, <laughs> but you don't yeah. believe in, in lawsuits. That's yeah. it's a different two different mindsets. Well, here, here, let me let me say this. The most compelling. Reason to me to pursue litigation is to hold the radicals accountable so that they so that it might discourage or deter them from similar behavior with other patriots or conservatives mm. or, or whatever you might say in our military who they're trying to purge right now. I mean, but, you know, here's here's another problem that we're facing. It's not really the subject of our discussion today, but we've got over 10,000 active duty service members in our Air Force alone that are facing separation and the loss of their pensions from the Air Force because they've refused the COVID-19 vaccine, which they consider for mm. one reason or another, an illegal order or mm-hmm. they're morally opposed to it, what have you. That's that's roughly 5% of our active duty Air Force. Well, they must and, all be white supremacists who were afraid well, of the jail. Yeah, they're, they're the patriot extremists is what they call them. Oh, now, yeah. You're you, can't, see you similar... can't have them in the military. The last thing you want is patriots in the military. Right. it's crazy well we're living in a mad time and you've unfortunately faced the wrath of the of the of the radical left or the marxists i call them leninists because 
this is well beyond Karl Marx. Never forget that uh, uh, it, it, it may not just be Marxism. It's worse than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good category, but it may not even describe who they really are. These are yeah. haters of the, these are haters of the worst kind. They are willing to make up fake history. Etc. And there's so much more I could say, which is unnecessary right now. Again, the book is still available. It's entitled Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military by uh, Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer. Is it on Amazon? Yep, it's on Amazon. It hasn't been purged by Amazon yet, huh? Oh, believe me, I went through a little spell for a couple of weeks uh, after I was fired where it was removed altogether from Amazon. Oh, sure. Almost as if. Yeah. Almost as if the Defense Department had yeah, may as well purge someone everything. there to make it go away. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I want to thank you for your courage. And it can't be easy what you're going through. Anyone who devotes themselves, as you have done and are still doing, you're still fighting, by the way, yeah. to fight for the nation and has this done to them without becoming embittered. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it would do to me. I don't know what it would do to me. This is well beyond the affirmative action of not hiring someone who's more qualified than the others. This is firing someone who was more qualified than the others. Totally different. And I wish to God that we could help you directly. And I hope you'll be back at another time. Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, thank you very much for your service to America. And keep the fighting is just easy to say, keep up the fight when you're not fighting it. But people say to me, Michael, why do you keep doing your podcast? You know, you're, you're a certain age. You've had your illness. You've done your job for 26 years. Isn't it time? Why do you do it seven days a week? The answer is because there's nothing else to do that matters to me. So I'm not yeah, comparing you. myself to you, but my God, what a battle you have on your hands. God bless you and your children and your wife. Great American family. Again, Lieutenant Colonel. Matthew Lohmeyer, thanks for being with us on the Michael Savage podcast. Happy to join you, Dr. Savage. Thank you. It's unbelievable what the Biden administration has done to such a fine American patriot. Will you please join me by helping him in whatever way you can? Go to MatthewLohmeyer.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-L-O-H-M-E-I-E-R.com. Read about him. And if you can, donate to his defense fund. We'll put up a link on my website as well at michaelsavage.com. I'm not taking one nickel for management. I'm not another faker out there. All this money you donate goes directly to him. He's been fired without a pension after all these years that he has given to this nation. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. Now, for those of you who may have missed it, we're going to replay my appearance on Newsmax TV from last Thursday. During that interview, I talked about the organized looting going on in mainly liberal cities and the reaction from the mayor of San Francisco, who's suddenly making believe she wants to be tough on crime. Here to separate the nonsense from truth is our good friend and expert on all things San Francisco, Dr. Michael Savage, who is also host of the Michael Savage podcast, which is available on iTunes, Amazon and more. And a New York Times bestselling author. Sir, thank you, as always, for joining us tonight. Do you think based on what you heard from your mayor that you're going to see any meaningful change in your beloved city? I have a question. First of all, ladies, thanks for having me, Jen and Alicia. Uh, Pleasure to be with two women are always on the right of things uh, again. Uh, Mayor Breed is a product of the progressive regressives. I never understood how she became mayor. 
She grew up in a public housing project. Her brother is in prison for a 44-year sentence for uh, manslaughter, to which Mayor Breed has repeatedly asked for clemency of the governor. Her sister, unfortunately, died of a drug overdose. So I could say, yeah, I'm proud of the fact that she's risen above her background. Unfortunately, she has taken her sentiments of the public housing mentality into the mayor's office and let the city fall into the garbage can. It didn't start with the breaking into the stores. You know, you have to go back to when men were defecating in the streets and people like me were screaming. You can't let this go on. Society will collapse. And this is how it happened. This is why Giuliani was so brilliant in stopping the squeegee men when he first became mayor, saying if you stop crime at the lower level, you'll stop it at the higher level, right? So this one, Mayor Breed, is a product, as I say, of the progressive insanity of the city. And she let this happen. The only question is what happened all of a sudden? What happened all of a sudden, in my estimation, is that the business leaders finally stood up and said, are you crazy? The stores are being ransacked. People are running out of the city. There's an out-migration like you've never seen in this city right now. I've got friends who don't even go into that city anymore. I used to love the city. I had an apartment. I got rid of it this year. I don't even go there to eat anymore. It's a, it's a danger zone. So somebody said to her, straighten this out or we're going to get rid of you. That's what happened. The question is, how so, long will this let, will they really do anything? These are the people who said defund the police. The police are racist and no good. Get rid of them. And now now what are they doing now? They're going the other way. These are the people who defunded the police. It is interesting that her statement sounded so strong and it's being touted by mainstream yeah. media of like, oh, look what she's doing. And I'm like, you know, that quote specifically makes her sound like Batman, but she's not taking any <laughs> responsibilities for where how she's led the city. Uh, I mean, what can she do? And do you think that she should take responsibility for making this mess? Well, she's making believe she's taken responsibility, but it's a little too little and a little too late. The fact of the matter is, Listen to what she said. It comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement. I thought that was an interesting play on words. She's probably been the most aggressive against law enforcement in the history of San Francisco. And now suddenly she wants cops to do their job when they can be thrown off the force for doing their job or they can be arrested for doing their job or they can be sued for doing their job. What would you do if you were a cop? You do as little as possible. She did it. As well as, I'm sorry to say, it's not just her. I'm sorry to use these chopsticks. I was going to talk about bone density. It's the best I have. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about a DA who's a psycho. You talk about Chesa Boudin, whose parents are known terrorists. This man releases them from prison onto the streets to do their job. You know, there was a story I tried to send to you before the show of San Jose. We got it. You we got have the, the headline. Let's put it up on the screen. L- we have a picture of these six thugs because three of them, I understand, are back out on the streets. Is wow. that right? Thank you. Right. So as of today, so is, they were caught yesterday and today they're back out there. To commit this is not crime? San Francisco. Right. It's not San Francisco. It's San Jose. So these six guys were targeting Asian women, mainly Vietnamese, because they were told that they didn't have. Uh, bank accounts and they carried cash. They were beating them up in the street. It, they would charge finally in San Jose, six of them, not only with robbery and mans or whatever they were doing, beating up these p- poor little women, but with Assault, a hate, yeah. crime and ha- hate crime enhancement. What happened? Three of them are back in the street a day later. Why? It's not just Chester Boutin. 
it's not just Chesapeake Don in San Francisco. The whole legislators a psycho, a psychological ward. They are the ones releasing them on the sure streets. Are. Time to get rid of them. I, Dr. Sally, I, mean, I, I wish on we had more time. It. We're sadly out of time and it's killing me because I wish we had another 20 minutes. But it's always nice to see you, my friend. I was going to talk about bone density between men and women. It's been known for three <laughs> and a half for million next years. Week. Three and a half million <laughs> years we've known that women okay. have different bone density than men. <laughs> next time. Hold that thought. All right, sir. Thank well, you, Michael I'll, I'll, Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Let's complete today's podcast on a little lighter note. For those of you who may have missed my latest cooking video on Twitter, I'm going to replay it for you now. I know you love these. So here we go. Okay, guys, this is Michael Savage. It's a rainy, horrible night. Love it. There's no drought anymore. You won't hear about that. They'll talk about mudslides next. The same bastards who told us the world is coming to an end from the drought in Northern California, while ignoring the tsunami of crime in the state as a result of their policies. Uh, they won't tell you that the drought is over. They'll tell you that it's only 20% over. So I decided to make a counterintuitive dish tonight. Very short video. I didn't even want to go on, but I, I couldn't resist sharing it with you. It is a double-carb dinner, I'm doing it on purpose, despite all the schmucks in the food business and the schmucks in the nutrition business. I'm making an Italian peasant dish with my own uh, addition. So you got potatoes, pasta, and then the rest I just put in there. I mean, there's gnocchi, pre-made gnocchi, which again is potato. Unbelievable. Parsley, onion. This is a peasant dish, because I'm fundamentally a peasant. I'm proud of it, okay? I was born into poverty and worked my way out of it. There's an old story from New York, I remember, that when an Italian man was poor, and he started to drink wine, he drank Guinea Red. Pardon me, I'm not slurring Italian people in any way. That's what they called it. Then he made money. And he started buying the most expensive French and Italian wines. Then when he got older, he went back to his homemade Guinea Red. Well, I never grew up on Guinea Red. I don't even know what wine was. It was poison in my culture. Garbage. It was junk. A ceremonial wine you could throw up from it. If you're Catholic, it would be like the ceremonial wine you stole from the altar. Just poison, dreck. All right, then I've learned to enjoy good wine, but truthfully, I like very simple foods, and um, as I say, this is anathema to the people in the, in the nutrition business who generally didn't learn what I have forgotten. It's a, it's a double-carb <laughs> dinner, double-carb dinner for all you carbophobias, carbophobics, potato, pasta, and uh, I added stuff, gnocchi, mushroom, red pepper, oregano. It's a miserable, rainy, horrible night out there. I'm not even going to do the news. I, I won't even tell you about the news. I'm watching the Gary, uh, Gr Cary Grant pretending to be a heterosexual with uh, Ingra Bergman, who I never understood why she was popular. Look at him. What a putz. 
even as a kid, I wasn't, I didn't buy into this guy's act. There's an actor who looks like him today. I forget his name. There's like a repeat of a proto of a, a stereotype. And there he is, Cary Grant, what a schmuck. And there he is in the grand ballroom with Ingram Bergman. When I was a kid, I said, how could I ever be like that? The answer was no one was like that. Most people didn't want to be like that. They couldn't be like that. They didn't want to be like that. And so some became gay, some became lesbians, some became ACDC and foot power. Nobody wanted to be like this because we knew it was all garbage. Secondly, I don't even know what his appeal was or her appeal was. So back to the double carb and my red wine. Mm. Oh, in the cold weather, I start drinking uh, these. This is a good Barola, man. This is a really good one. You know, I have a very interesting constitution. In the summer, if I drink red wine, I get sick. I can't drink it in the heat. The minute it gets cold, that's all I want to drink is some red wine. And so that's all I want to say to you. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you that my podcast from Tuesday is probably the best podcast done this month by anybody in the world, including those who claim to be the smartest people on earth. It was about how trans athletes are injuring women by entering women's sports. It's an abomination. It should end. I've called for a third league, a trans league, men league. I mean, we have weight differentials in sports for over 100 years in boxing and in wrestling. People recognize that if a 200-pounder goes up against a 120-pounder, they're going to kill him. So they develop weight categories, boys and girls, those of you who know nothing and live in San Francisco and came here with flowers in your hair and now have a lead pipe on your head from the bums that you loved so much. Weight categories. So why shouldn't there be sex categories? There are. Men's sports, women's sports. Why? Because it was known that men are stronger than women. So now you have men who pretend they're women or make believe they're women or think they're women, which is all fine if that's what you want to do. You get a kick out of it, you get off on it, it's your business. But don't try to tell me that you don't have an advantage over women because you do. So I interviewed a great uh, sports expert, actually a bone specialist on bone density. And as you would expect, since it's been known since Lucy four and a half million years ago, that men are different than women on a skeletal level, that men should not be playing against women. Where are the big mouth women saying no to this? Where? They were a liar from the beginning. There never was a woman's movement. There was just a loudmouth feminist movement. It had nothing to do with women. It had to do with pushy women trying to get ahead. That's on the Michael Savage podcast. Found wherever great podcasts are found. Apple, Spotify, all of them. They all have it. And then I have another great one uh, coming up to know on Friday. Which I'm not going to tell you about. I want you to go watch that podcast. Listen to it, rather. And so, again, if you want an educated podcast that's fun, nobody can beat me in the history of the world. Nobody ever has, nobody ever will. And the only reason I'm still doing this stuff is because of my audience. I have a bond with you, the listener, that I adore. It's part of my life. 27 years ago, I created the Savage Nation. Since copied, well, let's say imitated, never duplicated. And God bless everyone who's gotten into the act. It's all good. Everyone has to make a buck. But the fact of the matter is, I still love talking with you, and I love my Newsmax TV shows. 
three times a week. I want to thank Chris Ruddy of Newsmax. I'm on Tuesday nights in the 5 o'clock hour with the Grant Stinchfield. Uh, we argued over masks last night. And Thursday nights I'm on with the great Jen Pellegrino in the 8 o'clock hour. And then on Saturdays I'm on in the noon East Coast hour. Is it noon? Noon my time, 3 o'clock Eastern, with whoever the host may be of the count. And you know what? It's a great balance for me. I find, I have to tell you about this. I'm gonna, I have to stop because I want to eat now. You think I'm hungry? I'm not. I just cook for an excuse to drink. God, look at that. You know it looks good. I made enough for five people. My mother died a number of years ago, and yesterday was the anniversary. It's very depressing, very sad. My beautiful Mama Savage. It was like yesterday. I remember when she died out of flight in New York with a burial. Good night, Mama. So I lit a candle for her yesterday. You know, like two weeks ago, we buried Teddy. I mean, a really terrible time in the rain. You think of them underground with the water, right? And you realize it's the way of all flesh. That's where you're going to. I realize you don't think you're going to die because you're certainly not human. All you leftists think that you're immortal and that you're different, that no one preceded you. You had no parents, no grandparents, no ancestors, nothing. You're perfect unto yourself, right? Yeah. Good luck with that one. But when the rain comes, you start thinking about these things. And then I guess in the Midwest, or the, the snow and the blizzards and the people wiped out by tornadoes. But I'm sure no liberals were hit by the tornadoes because God loves them so much. Well, there is no God for them. Gaia loves them so much. And that was, of course, global warming. They never had a tornado in the Midwest before. No, I never heard about it. It wasn't until Joe Biden came along that tornadoes occurred because of global warming. So after they get through with us on this, they'll go back to that crap. And Al Gore can fly to another conference with Leon DiCrapio in a private jet. Anyway, remember the dish tonight. Remember the Michael Savage podcast. With your support, I will do it another year. Without your support, you won't even hear from me anymore. I'll just disappear one night and I will not do any more media. It could happen. One night I may wake up and say, you know, I've had enough of this. I don't want anything more to do with it. I've done my share. And uh, you'll never hear from me. I'll just drift off into the sunset. But tonight, I wanted to speak with you. I made you a double-carb dinner, which is a peasant dish from Italy, which they made out of leftovers because they were poor. They wouldn't throw anything away. Potatoes, a couple of tomatoes, pasta. I put in other stuff from the garden. Why? Because it's delicious and it's nutritious. And, uh, you know, Friday night I may have something very special for you. I'm not going to tell you about it. I may do it. If they want to do it, I'm going to, I'm taking some people to dinner that you'll know from my past who were once in the restaurant business in North Beach in San Francisco and were meeting at a secret location for a Sicilian dinner in a private room. Just four of us, five of us. If they're in the mood to be seen, I'll give you a little broadcast job. If not, I'll tell you about it another day, maybe. I got to eat. And Michael Savage, of the Michael Savage podcast saying, we shall survive Biden and his criminal gang. Good night. I'm going to ask you something. I want you to make a donation to Colonel Lohmeyer's defense fund. He's a young man with two children, 
and I'm counting on you. Not one penny goes to anyone but him. Every penny that you give to him by going to his website to make a donation to Colonel Lohmeyer, it's simple. You go to MatthewLohmeyer.com and there's a donate button. M-A-T-T-H-E-W-L-O-H-M-E-I-E-R, MatthewLohmeyer.com, and on the right side, you will see a donate button. You click on donate and contribute now to the defense fund and help Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer fight the battle to preserve our liberty. It's that simple. Look, this man deserves your help, and I make nothing from it, okay? So go to MatthewLohmeyer.com and donate. The click button is right there. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.